So crystals are said, if you believe this, quartz crystals are said to be good for your well-being, boosting your energy, unlocking your memory, and helping um, out your immune system. What do you think? You know what? You might be right, because I just remember the name of the mountain range we couldn't remember. <laughs> what is it? Bridger Mountain Range. The Bridgers. <laughs> Thank God for crystals. Thank God for crystals. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 24, the second episode of the Great American Road Trip. And we're calling this one Gem Hunting. Welcome. Um, last week, if you listened, we started to tell uh, about our adventures um, driving cross country to visit our daughter in Montana. Um, we talked about stopping at Teddy Roosevelt National Park, which is in the very west side of North Dakota. So we're going to continue um, sharing our adventures. But before we get started, let's thank Anchor Podcasting Platform. It's a free podcast platform. You can find it on, on the internet, uh, on your computer, through your smartphone. There's an app. Thank you, Anchor. Thank you very much, Anchor. <laughs> if you if we can do it, you can do it. Start a podcast. So, um, it seems logical, Bill, that we should talk about the second part of our drive to Montana. But the second part, um, the big adventure was going to be and was driving over the Bear Tooth Pass, right? Um, and then driving through. Yellowstone before we got to Lauren's house. Now the Beartooth Pass is, I should have looked up the uh, elevation, but it's an extremely high mountain pass. It's, it's over 11,000 feet. I know it's, it's really up there and we've driven it before and it is spectacularly beautiful. And the day that we um, planned on doing it and did do it was a beautiful day. However, yeah, it was, except that the smoke from the California wildfires was just really thick in the air that day. And it seemed like the higher we went, the heavier it got. Yeah, even when you're right in the middle of the mountains, you could not see the mountains. It was just, there was that white, gray overcast that prevented good, beautiful vista views of the mountains. We didn't even get the camera out, I don't think. No, we didn't. We, I mean, we stopped at the summit um, because there's a, there's a big viewing area that typically has just this breathtaking view that you can see forever in every direction. But um, a couple of times we looked and it was just, you couldn't see maybe a quarter of a mile. It was crazy. So the way we like to do our podcast is we post nine photos onto our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And you can either listen and follow along looking at the pictures, or you can check the pictures out later on when you get a chance. So our hope was that we would post a couple of beautiful, you know, panoramic views of the mountains on the Beartooth Pass. But we don't have that to share with you. Nope. 
because it was under a cloud of smoke. Right. And then when you get over the Beartooth Pass, you end up in Cook City and then you drive through the north part of Yellowstone. Um, and then we were driving out the west side, the west entrance to Yellowstone in order to get to our daughters in Big Sky. And because we plan to talk in depth about Yellowstone um, in future parts of the Great American Road Trip, we're just going to skip a couple of days ahead and talk about our first adventure in Montana that we took with our daughter, Lauren, and her husband, Cole. Right. And that was, Bill? It was the Crystal Park. The Crystal Park. So we're calling this week's episode Gem Hunting, and that's because we went gem hunting. We went to the Crystal Park. Montana is known as the treasure state. That's her little catchphrase. Did you know that, Bill? Nope. Michigan is the Great Lakes state, correct? Uh, yep, yeah, among other things. <laughs> and Montana is the treasure state. And um, you can actually, there's a lot of semi-precious stones that you can find in Montana. And one really cool thing that you can do um, is you can go to what's called a national recreation area called Crystal Park. And when you're there, you can dig for crystals. Now, if you have followed our podcast along from the beginning, you will remember a previous podcast where we talked about trying to go to Crystal Park with Lauren and getting almost to the park and the road was snowed in and we couldn't get there. Right. It's one of those roads that they don't plow for. Well, it's actually a snowmobile trail in the wintertime. So, right. Um, yeah. But this time we successfully got to the Crystal Park. Lauren was determined to get us to the Crystal Park. So on their first day off that uh, while we were there, we packed up the car with a lunch and tools for digging for crystals and off we headed to Crystal Park. So the elevation at Crystal Park, Crystal Park is found in the Pioneer Mountains. Um, it's a 220 acre site. It, it has paved trails, which I love. Um, and you can dig there. I don't know what geological phenomenon causes this, but there are quartz crystals all over in Crystal Park and you can dig for them. The elevation of Crystal Park is 7,800 feet. And what's the elevation in Boyne City, Bill? 722 feet. I think it's less than that. I think it's 580 or something like that. It's not very tall. No, not very far above sea level. Even on top of the ski hill, I think it's <laughs> under 1,000 feet. I think it's maybe still under 700. Yeah, kind of sad. Yeah. But um, I thought this time, and I'm interested to hear what you think. I thought that because we drove out to Montana that we would get used to the elevation more easily because we took our time getting there versus when you fly and you get off the plane and you're automatically into elevation and, and your body goes, what's going on? So I thought by driving out, we would get uh, a little more accustomed to the elevation more gradually, but I don't think that was true for me. How did you feel? No, I, I kind of, I guess I hadn't really thought about it all that much, but yeah. Um, 
I don't know if I ever adjusted to the elevation out there this time. It seemed like it was just, um, and maybe some of it was the smoke in the air out there, but I just felt like I was wanting more oxygen all the time we were there, especially if we were climbing any distance. Yeah, like even climbing the 14 stairs to the bedroom at Lauren's house. That was one of the worst climbs. <laughs> I know. I had a really hard time with the elevation, I think. And and maybe you're right. Maybe the smoke from the California wildfires uh, played into that a little bit. But when we got to Crystal Park initially, and I don't think, I hope anyways, that Lauren and Cole didn't pick up on this, but I all of a sudden was not feeling good. And I think it was a little bit of elevation sickness. Yeah, it was. Uh, I felt the same way that morning. It was. I thought, you know, it was a nice, um, crisp morning. It was probably it was 50 beautiful. degrees or, you know, yeah, maybe was, even a little cooler than that. And we were well-dressed and everything, but I felt lightheaded for the first hour we were there. It was just kind of crazy. One thing when you're in elevation, when you're out west in the Rocky Mountains or wherever you find yourself, um, an important thing is to stay hydrated. And if you notice the people who live out there, they've got a... a Nelgene bottle of water with them at all times. And uh, I am not a great water drinker. Um, so I think that maybe we were both a little dehydrated. Yeah, you. we really have to force ourselves to drink water. And uh, I think that we probably were both suffering from it a little bit that day. I know. Also, when you're on a road trip um, and you're not really anxious to have to stop and use public bathrooms that much, you tend to hold back on how much you drink because you don't have to stop all the time. Right. We might've got ourselves dehydrated on the way out there. Who knows? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. But, um, I, I kind of on the sly said to you, I'm not feeling very good. I feel a little headachey and a little shaky. And, and you said, you're probably dehydrated here. And you grabbed a, a can of, um, LaCroix. LaCroix. And I slammed that LaCroix down and I did feel better after I did that. Yeah, I I think I had uh, did the same thing and then felt a little better. So probably was dehydration more than anything. But um, I'm glad that I did feel better because it was such a cool opportunity. I'm glad that I quickly started to feel better so I could enjoy it. Right. right. So our our first picture is a picture of the Pioneer Mountain Range taken from Crystal Park. Right. This was quite a little ways up the path. Actually, there's a, an overview that kind of looks out beyond the, the park itself to the, the mountains across the valley. But um, yeah, it was a gorgeous place. And this is just one of the um, seems like endless mountain ranges that are out in that area. I know when I'm when I'm uh, reading up about different places and it refers to all the different mountain ranges and I just my head starts to spin after a while trying to figure out are we by the Gallatin Mountains? Are we by the Tobacco Mountains? Are we by the you know they just all have their their little ranges and their names and Lauren and Cole seem to know where they all are. I, yeah I'm, I think after you're out there for a while and you orient you know get oriented to which direction you're looking at and that kind of thing. Yeah. The, uh, the mountain range that's right in Bozeman that everybody, there's a ski lodge right outside of Bozeman that, that, um, what is that one called? Oh yeah. You would have had to ask me that one. <laughs> um, I mean, the ski lodge and everything's there. Why am I, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank, I'm drawing a blank too. I but know that there's a, a separate range from Gallatin, which is where that Gallatin runs 
up, up to Big Sky. Up to Big Sky from Bozeman, yeah. Yeah, and I know that the ski resort that you're talking about that's um, nearest to Bozeman, there is a um, a light on the top of one of the tall buildings in downtown Bozeman. And evidently the light is turned on when they have any... They get fluff. When yeah, they get two, if they powder. get two inches or more of fresh powder, the light goes on and evidently people leave work and <laughs> call it a day. Everybody and, goes to the mountain and go they go skiing, skiing they yeah. get fresh powder. Yeah, and the snow out there, I don't know if we've talked about it. I think we probably have talked about it before, but the snow in the mountains out there is really dry most of the time anyways. It's really dry fluffy light snow and unlike great lake snow that's heavy wet miserable snow all the time so when they get people who love to ski just really love to to be in the fluff and the powder as they call it and uh it's just yeah they're not very gonna... enjoyable and you, you don't you're not it's not um it's not as slippery and um it's oh little... you talk like you know how what the skiing is like. I did used to run sled dogs. <laughs> well, that's I do true. know about snow. That's true. That's so. true. Um, the Crystal Park has, I think I mentioned already, 220 acres. Did you realize it was that big, Bill? No. I mean, Although we pulled... It, it, just, it did look like some prairie dogs had been in there for quite a while. <laughs> Human prairie dogs. <laughs> yeah. Let's actually, let's go to the next picture. So this second picture is a picture of Bill in one of the um, holes that somebody, Bill didn't dig this hole. Somebody had already dug this hole at Crystal Park before we got there. Um, but they tell you that um, sometimes you can have big success if you just continue on digging where somebody else gave up. So when you get to Crystal Park, you park in the parking lot. I think there's a small fee for parking five dollars a day per car and then um you take a paved pathway and find yourself a place to stake your claim and and dig through the dig around and see what you can find um another way of doing it as a matter of fact is to just walk around because there are plenty of crystals that are just laying on the surface especially if you manage to get there after it's had a rain and it washed away you know some of the loose dirt and if the sun comes out they literally shine and you can see them sparkling yeah yeah we were there on a uh kind of an overcast day but every now and then the sun would poke out and you would see glints of shining stuff everywhere yeah it's pretty fascinating actually yeah you actually found a few that we were looking at where the water had run down the the mountain in a couple of spots where the drain um channels were and they were just sticking out of the dirt there. yeah yeah i i um there used to be a television show on the weather channel about people in colorado that um mined for gems and I, they talked a lot about paying attention to where the water would wash through the mountains and create you know spillways or whatever and and so thinking about that i started to look because it had rained the day before we went there or the morning of the morning of. Yeah. And so I started to try and look and see, and you could tell where debris had washed down the side of the mountain a little bit. You know, you could tell where the pine needles and debris was where it had washed down. 
And so I started to look in those areas and I had fairly good success finding little crystals. Now, mostly what you find at Crystal Park are quartz crystals. And what you're looking for is a prism that has six sides, a point at the top and a point at the bottom would be a perfect little crystal. Sometimes they're gray. Sometimes they're completely clear. Sometimes they're purple, which is very desirable. And sometimes they're amber colored. The purple ones are amethysts. Um, most of the crystals that people find at Crystal Park have very little value. Um, they're just sort of souvenirs for the experience that you had. But occasionally people find really big ones or really purple ones. And those ones actually do have a pretty good value. So there's always that hope that you're going to find a real treasure. Yeah. If uh, for those of you can see this picture of me, um, two weeks ago, we saw a picture of um, a gentleman who found a purple crystal about the size of the rock that's right in front of me. It was as big as his fist or bigger. It was crazy how big it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people have really found some fantastic crystals and um, precious, semi-precious gems at Crystal Park. So um, Lauren has been to Crystal Park a few times, I think, and she just has really enjoyed it. Um, did Cole say he'd been there before once? Or I think he said it was his first time. Well, he may have been there before, but this was his first time to actually... Um, being able to hunt for the crystals. So being able to spend some time. Right, right. So um, when we first um, parked and headed to the digging area, were you surprised at what you saw at all? Yeah, I like, well, my first thought was there can't be anything left here. Yeah, because everywhere it, you looked, there it, it had been dug, it seemed like. seemed like it had been dug. Holes at, everywhere. Yeah. It, Bill alluded earlier that there's some prairie dogs there, but human prairie dogs. Right. <laughs> and this hole that I'm standing in was not the biggest hole by any means. There was some, um, well, some of the people had dug so much that they actually dug under trees and tipped them over. It's kind of crazy. Right, right. They tell you the rules are not to tunnel and if you go to the next picture, there are signs all over like this one in the picture that says, do not dig within five feet of walkway and to re to reduce soil, soil erosion, erosion and prevent collapse of trail. There was also signs that said, do not dig within five feet of trees. Right. Which but, people didn't pay attention. Yeah. Let's just quickly move on to the next picture. Yep. Sure, that's not good. <laughs> this is a picture of a tree and someone has dug a beautiful deep hole right under the tree, like right up against the tree trunk. Yeah. Which which will kill that tree. Yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of this there. And I know I read in the literature that um, the park rangers will probably need to go in there and chop down trees that have been compromised by the digging. You just can't control people. <laughs> no, and Lauren did make the comment that um, she had never saw the park so dug up as it was. Um, another probably effective COVID in that the people in the U.S. are just desperate to find something to do all the time. So 
people are just out and about and doing all kinds of things they normally probably wouldn't even think about trying. But right. um, the Crystal Park apparently was a uh, a place where people could go. Well, it's a good place to take a family and spend an Absolutely. afternoon. So. Absolutely. Um, there was quite a few people when we there when we were there. We were there on a Saturday. Yes. But um you know, because of COVID and because we uh, um as Americans haven't been able to travel to other countries and a lot of indoor um events like concerts and sporting events and whatnot have not happened. Um Bill's right. People are looking for other things to do and especially things outdoors that feel a little bit safer, um, a little healthier. So um, there was a lot of people at the Crystal Park digging away. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm looking at this picture. What do you think this would be perfect for? This tree with a hole right under it like that. Be perfect for... That would be a perfect outdoor toilet. <laughs> You could lean right up against the tree. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what they were doing. They were maybe. Oh, gosh, I didn't look in the hole. Maybe the outhouse <laughs> used to be there and they just moved it. Oh, yuck. <laughs> so here's our next picture, Bill. Do you want to describe this picture? Oh, <laughs> this next picture is a picture of our daughter, Lauren, and her husband, Cole. And... Uh, Cole's got his arm around Lauren with a sandwich in his hand. And uh, Lauren is um, going to take a big bite of his sandwich while he's not looking. <laughs> Our daughter, Lauren, is um, six months, five months pregnant. Almost six now. Yep. So she I think she's enjoying the eating for two aspect of it. <laughs> and Cole's sandwich was not safe. No. <laughs> She's got a smile on her face like, I think I might just take I a little bit I think I'll just take a bite out of that. This was fun. You know, people should do this more often. This was fun. We packed a, we packed all of our supplies that we could use for, for digging crystals, and we packed a picnic. Yep, and just went and spent the day out in the woods yeah. and, and enjoyed each other's company and, and got a little adventure out of it. It's a fresh air. and yeah. Why is it that going on a picnic feels like such an old-fashioned thing to do? Because uh, it is. <laughs> it shouldn't be, though. People should still do that. One thing I love when we go to national parks and, and on adventures is when you see a family stopped on the side of the road at a roadside picnic table, you know, having, you know, having their lunch or, or their dinner, whatever, um, just having a picnic. I just love it when I see that it sort of carries me back in my mind, I think, to my childhood. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of um, taking the time to slow down and, and uh, not let the world run you over. Yeah, I think maybe because of COVID and people either not being able to go to restaurants or not wanting to go to restaurants, that people are rediscovering cooking at home or going on a picnic. And uh, I hope that, that when we get a handle on things and get back to somewhat um, somewhat pre-COVID normalcy that some of these things don't go away. Yeah. You know, it requires a little bit of planning in order to do it and lay out your day. And, uh, yeah. you know, before COVID, you and I both were guilty of not, uh, not being, uh, not planning things ahead very far, just kind of doing things on the fly and, right. 
and taking the time to to get some groceries and make sandwiches or whatever it is you want to have for your meal for the day takes just a little more planning that where it seems like the world has become such a fast-paced place that uh and there's that, so many conveniences where you yeah, it's go just to a restaurant or drive through. That, but or, no, we've been ha- forced to step back a little bit. And I yeah. think it's a good thing. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. I mean, we packed peanut butter and jelly. And, yeah. and we packed, we had some fresh fruit. And we had some, I think we had some fig bars or something. And some bottles of water. And uh, yeah, it was just a simple picnic lunch. But. There's something about being outside and being with people you enjoy that just make those things taste better than they really taste. Right. So we stopped in the middle of our day of digging crystals and had our picnic lunch right there in this picture. You can see behind Lauren and Cole, you can see that there's a paved walkway and the paved walkway kind of did switchbacks up the side of that mountain, right? Yeah. Twisted back and forth two or three times. I don't think we even saw barely all of the crystal park area no we only saw a small section of it uh, some a lot of people had wagons with them to haul in their equipment and whatever Some people were serious yeah some people were a lot more serious than we actually were. let's go to the next pe- picture and talk about someone who's serious santa claus this is a picture <laughs> of um i think bill snuck this picture i did and uh it looks like it's santa claus on vacation at Crystal Park, and he's sitting on a bucket. He's got, um, boy, I'm going to have to blow this picture up a little bit. He's got, do you call that a sleuth box, or do you call that, what do you? Uh, I would just call it like a shaker box. shaker box. He's just putting the material that he's digging up on the top. That box has a a wire screen in it that you can, it shakes through the the, the fine dirt and keeps the bigger, um, particles so he can look for crystals i see that he has a shovel laying down beside him yep he's and sitting then on I a see, five gallon bucket and um i see a handle of probably some kind of a pick or a uh, maybe even just a little spade or something spade. like that yeah he's got a jar back behind him of something in a That's gunny whiskey. sack what's in the jar whiskey probably <laughs> no actually i <laughs> Actually, it looks like it might be a collection of some of the stones. That I know. It looks like he has a big old rock inside of that. He might have. I wonder what that was all about. I don't know. I know that there was some of the stuff I read about it was that you might want to bring um, a little pick hammer for breaking stones apart. You might find something inside of stones, kind of like we find. Um, what do you find up at Whitefish Point in Michigan? Agates. Agates. Sure. Although we've never found one. I don't know what I'm looking for. We haven't, we haven't seriously looked for them either, but we're I still waiting for one. I think we should do that, to... though, after being at Crystal Park. Sure, I think I would, yeah. I would enjoy that. I'm waiting for one to just show up. Yeah. <laughs> That's apparently what I'm always little, waiting for. A little too. more work involved than that, apparently. Um, also, in this picture of Santa Claus and his shaker box, it gives you a, a little better picture of what it looks like, what the terrain looks like there from all of the people digging. There's really no um, ground cover growing. There's no grass. There's no. No. In a few places, you see a little tuft of grass here and there, but most of it is these, as you see this picture, um, a little mining holes where people have dug for a while and then moved to another spot. And uh, I started to dig a hole 
And I gave up on that idea quickly when I found how easy it was. You could find them just kind of sprinkled on the surface. Yeah. But I, I'd like to spend more time. Yeah. That's the problem when we're out there. We just don't have enough time. But um, our son, Andy, has always been interested in um, digging, dinosaurs, geology, all of that kind of stuff. I really hope we can get him out there or him and his wife can get out there sometime and and take a day going to Crystal Park or, or other places to dig because I think he would really love that. Yeah, I think they both it, would. It would be hard to tear him away. Yep, because that next rock would just be a little well, I kind of felt like that. And actually, as we were packing up to leave, I picked up, you know, just something I saw on the ground and it was a pretty good, it wasn't in perfect shape. It was a little broken, but a big sized crystal. Yeah. So crystals are said, if you believe this, quartz crystals are said to be good for your well-being, boosting your energy, unlocking your memory, and helping um, out your immune system. What do you think? You know what? You might be right, because I just remember the name of the mountain range we couldn't remember. <laughs> what is it? Bridger Mountain Range. The Bridgers. <laughs> Thank God for crystals. Thank God for crystals. <laughs> so, um, Lauren and Cole and Bill and I each got a little bag of crystals, most of them pretty tiny. Um, although each of us found a couple that we were pretty proud of. And seeing as they're so good for your well-being, we'll have to figure out how to maybe make a necklace or do something with them. Um, if you go to the next picture, Bill. Oh, yeah, Lauren. Lauren found a nice one. Actually, that's my crystal. Lauren's just the model. I see. She was the hand model in the crystallization. <laughs> this next picture is a picture um, of the... Um, my best crystal I found that day. And uh, although it's not super big, it was pretty cool, right? It was. Yeah, it's, it was very cool. It was pretty clear. It had um, the distinctive six sides with a point at the top and a, like a stem at the bottom. Right. It looked like it might have broken off from another. It was attached to something anyways at some point. Well, I think that when you look at the crystals, how they grow and whatnot, sometimes they grow in clusters. Right. And sometimes they grow alone, but they generally do have a, a stem of some sort that they break off of, of something else. So this was a pretty intact crystal, not huge. What would you say, about an inch? Probably about an inch. Yeah, it was a good size rock. Yeah, so I made Lauren model it for me and took a like picture. looks like a mushroom, Winnie. It looks like a mushroom, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it did come out of the dirt. It's a shiny mushroom. <laughs> Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did podcasts about how to take better pictures, and we talked about depth of field. This picture is an excellent example of depth of field, where the uh, crystal is the sharpest thing in the picture. And although you can clearly see Lauren in the picture, she is definitely a little more blurred and not in focus as to draw your attention to the subject, which in this case is a crystal. How's that for geeking out on photography? Oh, you went too far there. <laughs> You should have just stuck with the crystal and the shininess of it. Yeah, this was this was a pretty cool crystal. Um, Lauren had the foresight to think to bring like old ice cream buckets. So we each each couple had an ice cream bucket. And we tossed our finds into the bucket. And when we got home um, a day or two later, we 
at least I, while Lauren was at work, cleaned off my crystals and sorted through what I wanted, what I wanted to keep. Funny how sometimes when you're out there, you think something's great. When you take it back home, you're like, what did I think? Yeah. That just looks like it's a like, rock. It's, it's like the people who pick rocks here at Park of the Pines and they start picking and they go, that's a nice, oh, I got to have that one. Oh, let's go. And at the end of the week when they're ready to go home. Here's a pile of rocks. There's a pile of rocks and they take three of them and leave them the rest of them for <laughs> there's us to put always, back where they came from. There's always a pile of rocks just outside the door of the lodge. or <laughs> Yeah. Which is annoying when you go to mow grass or clean things up. But what is it about collecting rocks, picking up rocks, throwing rocks into a lake? There's something primal about rocks that, um, you know, people just feel like they have to do that. Yeah, it seems to be just, and it doesn't matter how old or young you are or, you know, whether you're an athlete or if you're the biggest nerd in the world, people love rocks and picking them up, handling them, looking at them. Lots of them, people Collecting love to, pretty ones, yep, skipping lots of people flat like ones. to throw them across the lake. Just and, plunking them into the water. Yeah. Throwing them at each other. Throwing them up in the air just to see how big a splash you can make. You right. Know, it's all There's part of it. There's something just primal about collecting rocks. Yeah. Um, Lauren's bucket of rocks. I, I shouldn't probably share this story, but she did not attend to her bucket of rocks very quickly. And um, days after we had left and gone home, which was probably a week later. Probably. She said she was uh, laying in her bed in the morning trying to convince herself to get out of bed be, to get ready and go to work. And she heard the neighbor's dog and she could tell that the neighbor's dog <laughs> came over to her back porch where she had her little ice cream bucket and picked up the bucket and took off with it. And yeah. Yeah. Decorated the whole yard with. She said, well, she said she found the, the ice cream bucket and it was empty yeah. and she was heartbroken. And uh, so her husband said something to the neighbor later on and they went out in their little backyard. Now they're, they live in condos and the backyard is right up against a mountain. So there's not a lot of backyard, right? No. And luckily the dog had emptied the bucket all in one little pile. So they retrieved all of her crystals. But how funny is that? <laughs> he was going, I thought he had some ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't happy with the crystals. <laughs> No, get these stupid rocks out of here so I can chew on this plastic pail. <laughs> I think I don't think Lauren thought it was funny in the beginning, but afterwards it was it was funny. Yeah. So um, that was my best find that day is the crystal that Lauren is holding in this picture, and I had a second find that I was equally excited about digging up. And if you go to the next picture, Lauren is modeling that find too. This is an old version of a toy from our generation <laughs> it is a plastic fireman a and fire hydrant right a red plastic fireman who's holding a hose that's attached to a fire hydrant kind of like the old army guys yeah little plastic army guys this is just a plastic fire guy yeah i wonder how long that's been hiding at crystal park hard telling i mean those toys do they still make those kind of toys yeah, they do. Dollar store toys. Nobody yeah. plays with them, mind you. So it probably is old. Probably been kicking around a Since while. Since the but. 70s, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I was pretty surprised to find 
a plastic fireman in, <laughs> when I was looking for crystals. Just a little bit of the red was showing, and I thought, what could that be? Wow. I was expecting be? the clear and the shiny, and maybe some purple would be exciting. What is this red? Oh, plastic man. Oh, I hope you get a chance to check these pictures and you can see my my plastic fire. Definitely fireman. a find worth keeping. Definitely an exciting find. Trophy shelf right there. Um, before we move on, I'm going to talk just a little bit about the things we should do next time we go to Montana, Bill. Because there's lots of other places where you can dig in the dirt for treasure. Um, and one of them is, and a lot of them are free. Some of them you have to pay money. Like this first one, which is, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, Beaches Dinosaur Digs. It's a private ranch in Montana. And um, it's known to have dinosaur fossils. And for the mere price of $100 per person per day, Ooh children 12 and under are free. You can dig for a day, a whole day, for dinosaurs on this ranch. Is that a company of a minimum of three adults? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. um, and I think that they help you out. Like they, they have a little, um, I don't know if you would call it a museum, but they have displays and they show you what to look for. And then they have different places staked out where they know that you're going to find fossils and they kind of help you out. That might be fun to do if you had kids to go with you that were, sure. yeah. it might be worth the hundred dollars. We'd have done that for Andy when he was that age, I bet. Yeah, probably. There's a place in um, Yankee Fork, Idaho, and Idaho is not that far from Big Sky where you can pan for gold for free. There's a place called Crook Mountain in Wyoming where you can find jade. That'd be fun. Yeah. I, I thought jade was like, you got to go to Singapore or Japan or who yeah. Who knew? Um, Gem mountain, which we have been past before gem mountain is in Montana near Phillipsburg and you can, it's an active mine, but they let you dig through their dirt through the, yeah. Probably. And you can find sapphires. Evidently, this is for free. If you dig through the dirt on your own, it's for free. If you want, you can buy buckets or sacks of dirt that they've already collected. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like when we went through Phillipsburg one time, we uh, ran across some people who were doing that. They had bought um big, like a hundred pound sack of rock and they were sorting through it. And you talked to that gentleman who was from Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought that that was what a sucker you are if you yeah. buy a bag of dirt. But he, this gentleman was a, um, um, what do you call someone who he takes was in care the of your finance money. business? Yeah. yeah, he was a financial person. And um, he said that his sister, who was a nurse, had been to the, um, been to the big gem mountain a um, couple of weeks before him, and she had actually found a pretty decent sized sapphire, one that was good enough quality to actually have it cut and made into, you know, jewelry. So he was giving it a shot. And I, you know, he's not, I'm sure he wasn't stupid. So, no, and I mean, it was entertainment as well. Yeah. So, so they have an area set up with um, a shaker and a sleuth box for rinsing things off and, and looking for. So, um, but the other thing about Phillipsburg, what's the other cool thing about Phillipsburg, Bill? Phillipsburg has the best candy store. It has a great candy find. store. 
it's a really old fashioned looking building with the hardwood floors and all the different bins with all the different candy that you remember from when you were a kid. Yeah. And some that you've never seen before. It was was a huge old, like a turn of the century candy, not this century. I mean, Phillipsburg, the town itself has that throwback feel to old gold rush towns, you know, wooden sidewalks and yeah. And there are several stores that do sell um, rocks, semi-precious stones, and that kind of thing, too. Right. Um, And some of it imported from around the world. But the candy store was what I thought was cool. I wonder if the candy stores will survive like that after COVID-19. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you they wouldn't let you pick through them like we did when we were there. Yeah, it was kind of open and you kind of, yeah, did you have rubber gloves or how did you do that? Or they had tongs or? They had like scoops you were scoops. supposed to use and the candy's all individually wrapped. With a, Yeah, it had goes, like a but... plexiglass lid over it that you lifted when you wanted to get something out. But right. I bet you that's going to have to be reconfigured. Probably. So um, other places to go. Um, Calvert Hill, I think it's called. In Montana, and and when you're there, you can find Garnet, Quartz, and Rubies. And another place is called Strawberry Butte, and there you can find Topaz. And I believe Topaz is something you can find at Crystal Mountain as well. That's when a crystal has that amber-brownish color. Okay. Um, We actually, we didn't get pictures of the day that we went to Virginia City and Nevada, Montana, which are two side-by-side gold rush towns right? that are preserved like historical gold, gold rush towns, Virginia city in particular. Some of the businesses are just museums now for, for you to have a look at, but some of the businesses are still operational. So when you walk through the main town of Virginia city, which is, um, you know, over a hundred year old city founded in gold rush times, um, Wooden sidewalks. And uh, so I kept peeking my my head into looking into the windows of of these little buildings because we were there after Labor Day. A lot of things were closed. And then I would peek into a business that was a, a coffee house or a restaurant where it was it was open to, for business. And here I am glaring in there like it's a museum. <laughs> there was real people drinking real coffee. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But um, Virginia City is, I knew it was Gold Rush Town. I knew that from previous visits to Montana. But I didn't realize that Virginia City and Nevada are in what's considered the Ruby Valley. And more specifically, the Alder Gulch. And that you can find garnet and rubies pretty easily even. We stopped at one little store where the gentleman was selling precious gems and stones and whatnot. And, and he was showing us a basket full of what marble sized garnets, Bill. Yeah, they were, they were good size. And he said, Oh, these are just roly polies. You can kick the dirt around out here and find these. And then he showed us how some of them were actually rubies that he put a black light over the, the little basket of stones. And some of them definitely lit up differently than others. They lit up bright red in comparison to the rest of them that were kind of a dark, dark red. It was interesting how they just jumped out of the bunch. Yeah, really interesting. When you drive through Virginia City and Nevada, 
um, you can see the remnants of the old mining days. There are um, abandoned um, mining equipment like... Um, there's still a big old dredge yeah, right big on the dredge. river bank. And there's all kinds of the, uh, what they call their spoils from the dredge where the they, would, they would run gravel. They would scoop dirt out of the riverbed and run it through this contraption that was called a dredge, which ran water over a series of um, little different catch pans. And then the act, the... And of course, they were looking for gold. Not they were looking for gold, yes. And, and gold is heavier than anything else. And then they they uh, they would trap the gold in their uh, in their sluice boxes, is what they called them. And then all the other spoils would go out the other end of the dredge. So yeah, so all these old piles, all the old tailings, are just there in in piles. And it goes on for miles. Goes on for miles. I believe they're still mining this area now. Um, they probably aren't finding gold like they did back in the day, but now they're now they're digging up precious, you know, gem semi precious gems. And um, there was a jewelry store that had a whole case full of Montana rubies and sapphire jewelry. Right. And right, um, there was um, when you drove through Virginia City and got almost to the end of Nevada. Um, there was an area that had uh, shaker boxes and sleuth boxes set up. And that's an area where you can go and dig yourself, dig for, and dig for rubies or garnets yourself. And yep. And use the sluice boxes or the shaker boxes that are there yeah. to, to surf, sift through your, your collection and see if you found anything of value. I read a blog post from a gentleman who had done crystal park and then did um, the Ruby Valley. And he found, he, he said the best rubies or gardenets that he found that day were actually in the, the tailings of piles of stuff that other people had gone through. So either people were doing it not carefully enough or they abandoned it before they were done. But he found, um, he found some good stuff in the stuff people had left behind. Hmm. And uh, he even found a ruby that was good enough quality that he, um, somewhere in his travels, I think he said he was in Thailand where they will cut gems for you. And he had it cut into a stone that was good enough to make a, a pretty good sized Thai tack out of. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, lots of places to hunt for gems and dig for gems in Montana and the surrounding states that are all right there close together. Um, I think that, in future trips out there at the right time of year that we should knock some of those off our list and see what we can find. I definitely want to go to Virginia city and Nevada city then and hunt for some rubies one day that I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun too. And I'm kind of intrigued by the Jade place. Right. I, that I never even thought about that. Right. Um, when we got done at crystal park, we packed all of our, our treasure up and, and uh, headed back on on to our little journey that day. And we had one more spot that we had planned to stop. And this was a real gem hunter's um, that was, delight. That was our best gem finds of the day in this next picture. Right. Go ahead and tell, them, tell people what the next picture is. So this next picture is the storefront of the Patagonia clothing store outlet in Dillon, Montana. This is the craziest thing. Now, if you're familiar with um, really good sporting good clothing, 
then you probably know all about the company Patagonia. Um, we have always liked the, the company is really, um, I'm good to the environment and good for good causes, but they make really good quality stuff. But generally speaking, we always feel like it's priced out of our reach. It can be really pricey clothing. Right. But they stand behind their clothing. If you, you yeah, know, it's, if you, it's quality, clothing. really good quality. And if you rip something or something is defective or whatever, they will, doesn't matter how long you've had it for, they will fix it. Right. So um, great company. And they just weirdly have this outlet store in this little tiny town called Dillon in Montana. And as far as I can figure out, there is nothing really around Dillon, Montana. Dillon, Montana, from what I understand, was built up. And when they ran the railroad through there 150 years ago, it was just what they call the whistle stop on the way. And the railroad still runs through Dillon, Montana. And uh, I never really saw any real um, industry per se there. So. I, there's got to be more to it than what we see. Yeah. But I did I did read a little um a little thing on the internet about it and what they said was it is now the destination for the Patagonia outlet store but in years past yada yada yada. So that's what it's known for now is the Patagonia outlet store. Yeah. We had, we we had, did um actually because of covid they were only letting 10 people in the store at a time and and they were uh, um making people socially distance and wear masks and, and the representatives from the store would come out and explain the store rules of the day. But while we were standing in line there, um, Lauren and Cole uh, noticed one of their friends from Bozeman that was there. Um, yeah. And, so they had a nice visit while we were standing in line. Yeah, and, and he and his friend had drove two hours, two and a half hours, kind of out of their way just to come and see what clothes they yeah. had that day because they randomly have these sales every right. once in a while. Right. And we hit it just right because they were having a phenomenal sale on top of their already discounted outlet prices. Right. And, but they weren't advertising the sale because they're in, you know, trying to keep uh, people from congregating and creating situations where people aren't going to be safe from COVID. They, the, the sale was just happening. No, no prior knowledge to it. So uh, on top of already reduced prices, we got 40 and 50% off their reduced price. Yeah. We uh, got 70, 80% off a few things yeah. that we ended up picking up. Yeah. There. So, yes. If you ever see Winnie and I wearing Patagonia, we never got it anywhere, but this store. We didn't pay and full we price. we probably never paid <laughs> anywhere near full price for it. Right. But um, also when you, when they let you in, because they were only letting a certain number of people in the store at a time, they also asked you to be courteous about your time and try to limit your visit to about 30 minutes um, just so that everybody got a chance to get in there, which kind of created a little bit of a um, panic shopping. Yeah. A little bit of panic shopping. However, I don't regret anything we bought. We got, each of us got a jacket. Right. And we got some long sleeve T-shirts that were a phenomenal deal. And uh, um, Lauren and Cole both got jackets. Lauren, of course, being pregnant, her regular winter clothing isn't going to fit her this year. So she was able to find a really lovely jacket that's going to get her through this winter. And then I think she's going to pass it off to Cole when she's done. Yeah, because it was the size he normally would wear. So it's going to be 
used over and over again. Yeah, that's so we had a really good day. We yeah. found we found gems all over the place. Right. And we were going to pull off on a little pull off on the side of the road somewhere. Lauren and Cole had packed a little Coleman cook stove and some hot dogs and some what what else do we have? Chips and yeah. And we were going to have a little roadside roadside cookout, but um we got away from the Patagonia store early enough that we actually made it all the way home before we had our cookout. We just cooked out in the grill in the back, back of their house. It was a great day. It was a good day. It was a great day. Yeah. So we like to end our podcast with the picture that got away or the picture we missed to the picture we would have wished we would have gotten. I think the picture for me that got away was why didn't we take our cameras out of Virginia city? I know that Virginia city was not this exact same day, but, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why we didn't. Other than we knew that most of the businesses were closed Maybe up. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. But that guy at that little rock store, he was a character. Yep. He was a real character. And um, the building that he had his little rock store, it was a small building. It had been sectioned off to make it two spaces, but evidently originally it had been one space. And back in the gold rush times, there were... Um, what do you call the people who hunt down outlaws and vigilantes? Yeah, um, I think so. But there was a hanging. <laughs> there was a hanging of several people. There was a hanging one day, day of several people. And it happened inside of this building. The building was under construction and there was a huge beam that went across the, the structure on the inside. And it was the best place for hanging people. And what did they say? Seven people? Seven were? people. They hung seven people in one day there. And, and on one side of the building, the the ceiling has been removed so you can see the beam. And you can see, supposedly, the um, where the... The rope, the marks from the, the marks rope from the rope dug are in still, yeah. on the beam from when they hung someone. And, and there it, is pictures of the hanging there, too. And it's not a tall building, so they had to no. been pretty short ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Long the, enough, apparently. Kind of gruesome. If you look it up on the internet, the building in Virginia City that this happened in is now referred to as the hangman's, um, the hangman's building. The hangman's building. That's good. So the, the gentleman, though, who had the other side where he was selling the rocks and gems and whatnot, he was a character. Yeah, he had a story for everything. He had a story for everything. He and was he, an entertainer as much yeah. as... Yeah, and he had like an old cowboy hat that had been so worn for so long that it had pretty much lost its shape and was kind of floppy and... Right. Yeah, I think if that, that for me would be the picture that got away. I wish I'd had my camera and got him to pose outside of the hangman's building and gotten a picture of him. Yeah, he was he was quite the character and... He was a salesman too, but we didn't buy anything. Yeah. I don't know if he was disappointed in us or not, but. Maybe. And actually I was disappointed when I, after we were long gone past there, I thought, you know, he was selling those big, big clunker size um, agates that were polished and cut for $15. They were really Garnet. big. Garnets. Garnets. Yeah, not agates. I'm sorry. Garnets. Yeah. But they, I think $15 is probably a fair price. I just couldn't think what I would ever do with it. Right. It's like, what do you do with that? But then after we left, I thought of a million things I could do with it. <laughs> well, Anyways, no, we got to go back. We got to go back. We got to go back. 
All right. So that was our adventure on part two of the Great American Road Trip. More to come. More to come. So thanks for uh, listening today and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks again for checking in. Have a great day.